I'm Steve Denise and welcome to The Bookstash, a podcast where I chat with fantasy author Ash Oldfield about reading, writing and everything in between. All right, Ash, what book have you been reading this time? Okay, I actually wanted to do something a little bit different this time. Uh, a f- many, many months ago now, a an author friend of mine, Dean Mays, approached me and asked me to be a test reader for his new book. Now, I was really, really excited by this because I'm actually a huge fan of Dean's work. So I have... Um, been reading him right from when he first got published with The Hambledown Dream mm-hmm. and then uh, Gifts of Paramank and The Recipient. So I was a proof reader for The Recipient, and but this time he got me to proofread his latest novel right from a very early stage. I think it was from like the second draft or something. So it was, it was quite early on. I did write down what draft it was, but I can't remember now. And Dean Mays is a good friend of the Bookstash. He's been very helpful in helping promote the podcast and been quite active. So that's he good is, too. He's fantastic, isn't he? We love so, Dean. Um, but yeah, this has been many, many months ago. I was working with Dean on his new book, which is called The Artisan Heart. Mm. So I know it as Walhalla. Because that's ah. where the story is based. So that was his, I guess, working title, um, which well, makes Huller me think in Victoria, of yeah. yeah, well, Hello in Victoria. Mm-hmm. You and I have been camping yes, just outside of Walhalla place. before. So every time I was reading the story, it was kind of evoking memories. So this is kind of a love story to Walhalla as well as to Dean's hometown now of Adelaide. So I believe he grew up in Walhalla and now lives in Adelaide. Right, cool, yeah. So I wanted to talk about The Artisan Heart because I truly believe it's a fantastic book, not just because I was able to give input, but also about the process of being a beta reader. Yeah. So a test reader, a proofreader, a first reader, whatever you want to call it, how do you help your that author in your life uh, create something really special? Yeah, excellent. Okay, so the first thing, just a little bit of information about The Artisan Heart. So it is uh, right back to Dean's, Dean Mays' roots as a romance writer, which I think he's he has just got a skill with romance that – I don't know how he does it. He's the way he writes. It's like poetry, um, but it's it's prose, so it's it's fantastic. Anyway, so the story follows Dr. Hayden Lushcombe. Yep. And Lushcombe. Lushcombe. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of his second chance at love. So he has a really terrible circumstance happens in his life and he leaves his high-flying lifestyle in Adelaide and goes back to his hometown of Walhalla Mm -hmm. to sort of regenerate his spirit, regrow and find who he really is as a person. Now, there is a woman in the town called Isabel Sampi um, and she and her daughter are running, they're trying to get started the um, there's like a local bakery, an historical bakery, and she's trying to get this bakery up off the ground. So what I love about Isabel, she's obviously the love interest. This is a romance novel and she is a really strong, independent woman. So yeah, she doesn't need Hayden in her life. Yeah. And I think their relationship is all the more beautiful for mm-hmm. that because they don't need each other and yet they find that they do when they become complete people then they can sort of 
build a romance between themselves. Yeah. So it's a really great story. Um, Dean Mays has a real flair for description. Mm -hmm. So when he describes Walhalla, even if you haven't been there, you fall in love with the place. And you, you kind of want, it makes me want to go visit. <laughs> uh, I actually had um, my dentist when he was doing my wisdom tooth. He had just been to Walhalla. So the reason we couldn't get in contact with him, when you remember when I was in pain, he was in Walhalla. That's so that's great. why I couldn't get in contact with him. And <laughs> I wanted to tell him about Dean's book, but I had his hands in my mm, mouth and I couldn't really say anything. So uh, yeah, I'll tell him about the podcast <laughs> next time I'm back so we can talk about that. So yeah, that's the basic premise of the book mm -hmm. is, as I said, it's a love story to Walhalla as well as a love story between these two really great, diverse, three-dimensional characters. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I wanted to talk about the beta reading process, the yeah. test reading process. Now, I was really kind of, oh, this is a bit evil, but I consider Dean to be a much greater level of writer than I am. He's <laughs> been writing a lot longer than I have yeah. and he's really skilled. So every time I read anything he's written, I can't help but admire how beautiful it is. But when I read it, from the first, like the second draft stage, I realised that actually, like all writers, he has flaws in his writing. He has phrases, words that he would repeat again and again and again. So just a case of highlighting those words for him and be like, yeah. ah, you did that again. And so that was really good for my ego to, <laughs> to sort of see, well, actually, here's this writer that I really admire. And when you break it down to that first, second draft stage, it's all as rough as each other. We all have to start with a pile of mush and then try to build it into something it beautiful. Me of, I was listening to a new podcast, well, not a new podcast, an old podcast called uh, Before You Were Funny, which mm. is like a bunch of writers and comedians and stuff digging mm -hmm. out work from when they were like just out of university or college yeah. in their case, because American. Um before they were any good and it, and then just live reading it with a group. It's really funny. It was um the same thing because, yeah, it's nice to see the people that you admire that seem so perfect don't always start with something that's perfect. They change, they grow it into something that's good. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, well, the thing I wanted to point out for that is if you are, especially if you're a beginning writer, mm. um, they're always on writers groups, people asking, you know, can you read my book? Uh, that's actually, I think it's a really good exercise for yourself uh, to proofread someone's work for them so that you can sort of see how a second or third draft is built up to a final piece. I think it's a really great learning curve yeah. for a beginning writer. So I did want to mention that as well as sort of, you know, just mention that from my own <laughs> ego uh, point of view before I started talking about the beta reading process. So I just wanted to talk about what I did yeah. when I was working with Dean's book because a lot of people, I know when I ask people to read my books, they don't know where to begin. So the first thing I would say is to read the book from cover to cover. Yep. Don't focus on the gritty, the details. Don't get caught up on something that doesn't make sense to you. Just read it because often I find when people are proofreading my books for me, they're so quick to say, oh, this doesn't make sense. I've got to let her know. I've got to let her know. I did have one person was like instant messaging me to say, this doesn't make sense. And then two minutes later go, oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I read the next page that does actually make sense. I see where you're going with that. So read the book from cover to cover. Go back and read it again. 
So this is a big time commitment. Don't say you can proofread someone's book if you don't have the time to dedicate mm. for several read-throughs. So I probably read The Artisan Heart about five or six times throughout this process before it was even in that final form that it now is. So, um, yeah, so I read it from cover to cover. Then I sat down and I jotted down what did I like? Mm-hmm. What did I enjoy? What elicited emotion in me? So there was a scene that made me cry in a good way, wrote that down. There was a scene that had me on the edge of my seat, I wrote that down. So that's the first thing I'm telling that author. Mm. This is where you're successful. Give yourself a pat on the back. You're fantastic. Look at how great you were. Then I sat down and pointed out what did confuse me. So what did I need more information on? Uh, So, for example, with Dean Mays, he's a nurse himself. He has a very strong medical background. There were some um, scenes in the hospital. I didn't know what he was talking about because I've barely been in a hospital in my life. So I'm not over the medical profession. So I did ask him for a little bit of clarification on a few things. So, um, yeah, being able to let them know what is wrong. Mm. Don't be afraid to say if there's something you're not sure of or that just didn't work for you. I do want to sort of flag that, though, and say it's okay to tell the author what you believe is wrong. Don't tell them how to fix it. Yeah. That just will make them angry and it's just not cool. It's kind of, it's just not great. I don't like it when people tell me how to edit it. So um, the other thing is to be timely. So when Dean first asked me to read his book, I did nearly say no because I was going through some stuff in my own life, in my own private life, Mm. and I didn't think I was going to have the time to commit. So I did. you do have to make sure you're timely, usually two weeks maximum, to finish this process. So reading several times over, compiling a bunch of really great notes um, and sending it through. So... um, it is a time commitment, as I said. Writers have deadlines. Dean's, um, Dean Mazer's publisher, Central Avenue Publishing, so they're a great little publishing company from Canada, by the way. Um, they did have a deadline they were working on. So I had to get it to him to get back to them. And I was part of a group of beta readers as well, so we were part of an email chain. We could see what each other was, what the feedback we were all giving to Dean. Mm-hmm. Um The other thing I wanted to talk about was um, have a think about your own expertise in your life and is there something that you have an expertise on that the writer doesn't that perhaps you can offer to help with? This was actually something I did a little bit sneaky to you. I didn't tell you in advance. Um, There is a character in Dean's book, uh, In the Artisan Heart, who works in marketing. Mm -hmm. So there were a few things I ran by you. Mm, and then right, yeah. sent it through to Dean before before I let him hit that <laughs> you know publish button uh, because there were a few things that were not quite accurate from what I remember you talking to me about your your yeah. your job and then um, when I read the book I realised actually Dean may be a little bit inaccurate here so yeah seeing are there any um, expert levels of subject area, matter experts. subject matter ex- expertise that you can help with one that people often um, email me, me about is science because I do have a science degree so I get some some other writers will contact me of some things that they're thinking about and I'll usually just send them to Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so 
that's how to be a good beta reader. Yeah, awesome. That's some good stuff in there. Um, yeah, so I, I hope I covered everything there um, because I just get so excited about The Artisan Heart. <laughs> um, it's going to be published really, really soon by Central Avenue Publishing, uh, September the 1st. September so 1st. September 1st. Yeah. I'm, I say I'm really looking forward to it like Dean didn't send me a copy of the um, ARC copy. So I have actually seen it. I've been able to run my eyes over it. It's looking so good. Awesome. Oh, so I, I can't wait until the world <laughs> can read The Artisan Heart by Dean Mays. Excellent. Okay, so, yeah, be sure to check that out. First of September it comes out. Um, um, and Dean can be found oh, on yeah. uh, dot mm-hmm. Uh We'll put the link up um, on our on our website. And I believe he's the, under, the Hampledown Dreamer on Twitter. Excellent. So we'll we'll pop up all of Dean's we'll social Dean media links up the there. Um, he's he's a great guy to follow because he gives heaps of really good advice and interesting articles and absolutely, things like that as well. Absolutely. All right, Ash. Uh, writing tip time. Now I wanted to continue on that theme of beta readers mm-hmm. because I was I've been talking about how to be a good beta reader yourself. I now for my writing tip, I want to say, how do you get the most out of your beta readers? So this is something that I do quite a lot. I like getting a lot of feedback for my books. Um, I like to have those extra eyes running over my work. So there are just some things that I do whenever I ask people to read my books. So um, the first thing that I do is I give them a really clear outline of what I want from them because I have different things I want from different people. Mm -hmm. So for example, my brother has read like every fantasy book there is known to man. So I ask him for accuracy with my facts. Yep. Uh, you read every draft I write essentially, mm-hmm. except for my first draft because you can't read my handwriting. <laughs> so for you, continuity. I want yep. to, you to make sure, make sure that my characters are correct, that I'm not doing anything that's weird or whatever. I've got another friend who is um, very, she's a graphic designer. So I get her from the visual side of things. Can she picture what it is I'm trying to say? And then I've got another friend who doesn't read fantasy. So I get her to read and tell me if there's anything that's confusing her because yep. it's not something she reads very often. She doesn't have that knowledge of the Basically, space. Basically, I'm the only fantasy writer that she reads. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, everybody has something that I want out of them. So what I do is I give them a clear outline and I usually set them five questions. Um that I want them to answer. So I try to keep it really simple for them mm-hmm. so that they don't feel like they have to write me an essay. Mm. So I ask them things like, what did you like? or And then what didn't you like in the story? Um, and then, as I said, depending on the person, is there anything you couldn't picture? What scene could you picture really clearly? Because that's something as well. Knowing what works is just as important as what doesn't work. Absolutely. I also set a deadline Mm. because that's, I can't wait months and months and months. I need to keep moving on my book. If I lose my, um, my momentum, momentum, that's Mm. it for me. I'll probably never finish the book. So I do set them a deadline as well. And if they don't finish by deadline, I just don't use their feedback. Yeah. And I know that's, that's horrible. They've done that work, but I I just can't be waiting. Um, and then the last thing is be open to their suggestions. Don't take offense. If you take offense to what they're saying, even one time, they won't be honest with you anymore. Yeah, exactly right. So I never comment on their feedback. I never justify what they've said. I never say why they're wrong or try to explain, 
you know, they say, oh, this mm. scene confused me. I don't try to explain what I meant by the scene. I just thank them and I walk away and I mull it over. And usually I can figure out what it was that they were really saying and mm. how I can fix it. Because they're almost always right when there's something wrong and I need to, I do need to fix it. I don't, I don't want them to tell me how to fix it because I don't like that. <laughs> so yeah, that's some tips how to get the most out of your beta readers. So Excellent. set them a deadline, um, set them a task. So give them a very clear outline of what you want, even get them question, get them to answer questions. Yeah. Great advice there, Ash. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now turning that around on you, mm-hmm. where are you at? I know you're still recovering from the wisdom teeth, but where are you at now? Well, I, when I first started working on the Roshaya series, that was five or six years ago. Mm. So when I did my world building and I created the maps, that was a long time ago. And I don't remember a lot of what I was thinking when I drew up my maps. And what I found is when I wrote, I, when I did the rewrite for Fireburn Island, I plucked a f- place name out of thin air (laughs) and it's nowhere near where I said it was on the map, (laughs) which ruins everything for book three. So I've been reworking my world map and just making sure that this time geographically everything fits where I need it well, to fit. Well, it's a good thing we didn't put any maps in the designs in the first two I books. I was so happy we didn't do that because <laughs> I nearly did and I couldn't figure out how to. Oh, no. So, yeah, I've been not reworking the map. The map is essentially the same. I'm just making sure that everything is where I'm saying it is now. Mm. I suppose that's a good idea too to think about that because the geography of a place impacts so many things. And now that your world's opened up. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, that's why it's important because the world has opened up a lot more. Mm. Uh, These are places I have never written about before, which means that from a reader's perspective, they're not going to be confused. But from a narrative perspective, it just, it just helps it be much more seamless. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I've been working on lately. Yeah, mapping, cartography. Yeah, I'm not a very visual person. So this is where I do, this is my weak point. So it is something I I decided to take some time to do it properly. And if anyone's ever seen you try to use a map, they'll know that uh, (laughs) it's not your strongest point necessarily. Well, I often have my main character, Roshea, terrible at reading maps. (laughs) And that's because I can't read maps. So that's a little piece. I don't really put myself in my characters, Mm. but that's a little piece of myself in Roshea is that inability to read a map. So you're going to be putting the beta testers to work this time, making sure everything <laughs> makes sense with the map. Yes, yeah, Give them definitely. a little printout and say. Oh, yeah, can, can you help me with that? Yeah, I can help yeah. you with that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So we've gone a bit long on this one, which is good because we had a lot to say with beta reading. But mm-hmm. um, let's just get things wound up with our lovely writing prompt this time around. What have you got, Ash? Uh, I've kept it short and sweet this time because I have been really busy. So I just set a title for a short story, mm-hmm. The New Kid at School. The New Kid at School. Yes. Nice. Short story title. You can you do what you will with that. Be creative with it, guys. Be creative. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as always, our website is bookstashpodcast.com and you can find us on social media. We always want to hear from you. It's bookstashcast, or one word, on Instagram and Twitter and The Bookstash on Facebook. And until next time, keep reading, keep writing, and we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon.